to another episode of Stoke Meter. And, uh, you know, we are stoked all the time to have some fantastic guests, but you won't find an ambassador of Stoke that often like Colby Bauer. And Colby yeah. Bauer, holy moly. So I ran into Colby last week at a, uh, uh, an outdoor retailer show, and I went past the SIG, and I, I flipped out because, okay, I got, I got to show you. So those of you not watching it, you'll, you'll get slighted, but my daughter's is my all my daughters and all our teammates are these thread wallet bananas fans it's insane and so i saw the insignia over there and i go uh is your ceo here and they go there he is and and colby comes up couldn't be a nicer guy and he just he tells me the story about thread and so i'm gonna let him tell you the story about thread in a minute but, but please welcome this amazing <laughs> individual colby bauer Dude, you're, you're being on nice. the show, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm I'm telling you, you guys, the energy is just unreal right now. I'm just feeling it. So, <laughs> we were all just so telling tell the audience, we were all just geeking out about our past lives and wakeboarding and action sports and everything else, man. It's just fun. It's fun. Dude, it's, you guys are living a good life, and so am I. I'm just, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, oh, no, this is this is truly an honor because I'm, I'm looking at how how – a simple thing can just impact so many, so many people, adults, kids, the whole bit. And you got to give us a story. I mean, Fred is only seven years old, man. <laughs> you know, you're everywhere. And I love that fact. So how did it even get started, man? So actually it got started in that uh, I was out. It's funny. I got this really fun opportunity. I was playing BYU soccer at, in, uh, in Utah. Uh-huh. And at the tryouts, this this guy was walking around uh, with a clipboard, a coach. I'd never seen him before. And uh, he comes up to me and he said, hey, I'm the BYU Hawaii coach. Um, you ever considered playing out in Hawaii? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I've never thought about that. But, he, you know, he drew up this beautiful picture. And I've always wanted to learn to surf. I, you know, telling you guys, I grew up in Arizona. And uh, I always envied these California kids who had the ocean. I was like kind of just start daydreaming as he was talking trying to sell me on on playing out there and i was like oh my gosh like can, can you imagine just me like on the beach driving first off driving my little white truck out there to north shore with my old riggedy board and go learn to surf north shore like i started daydreaming i was like yes i'm on like <laughs> however we have to figure this out i'm in like how do we got to do this so i talked to uh, my coach there at byu and somehow convinced him to let me go out there and i i would i would transfer out there in the fall. So like when the waves are big and then, uh, and then in summertime, I'd come back to Utah and play at the season here in the summer. So it was, it was like this beautiful scenario, uh, where I got to live the best in Utah and in, in Hawaii. So anyways, first time out, first week out there, I go out and I, I go surfing and I completely spaced. Thank you. I'm about to eat lunch too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I go out there first, first week out and I paddle out and completely spaced. I had my my wallet, my leather wallet that I got at some like Goodwill, uh, left it in my board shorts and lost it to the ocean. So <laughs> you guys know how that goes. Anyone who loses their wallet, it's like, just, it's like the pain of like, okay, I got to cancel my cards. I got to renew my driver's license, like the whole thing, you know? So anyways, I do that. And kind of in the meantime, I'm thinking like, uh, I need to get a new wallet. And so I, I look online and I just Google men's wallets and I just start looking through the images and it was like, 
kind of the same old it was like the same george costanza fat <laughs> like you know those fat wallets that like your dad had from the 80s yeah. it was like how is there nothing new how it like how has this category not seen any sort of innovation any sort of expression so i didn't buy a wallet actually i ended up just like carrying my cards in my pocket and uh, I go to the grocery store. It's called Foodland there in North Shore. Oh, yeah. If you've been out there. Everyone loves Foodland. Um, Poke is amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I, I notice as I'm going through the vegetable side, there's this um, thick rubber band around some of the broccoli and the asparagus, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm like, dude, there's my new wallet right there. I, I, <laughs> I straight snagged that thing and just wrapped it around my cards. Yeah. walked out didn't pay for the broccoli and uh <laughs> found found my new favorite wallet especially uh living in wet board shorts all the time it right. was like the perfect thing you know and it's just it's like how like just more the most minimalist you can get yeah so um fell in love with this thing and uh and fast forward through college i had this class out there uh in one of my entrepreneurship classes where I had to come up with a product idea to launch on Kickstarter. It's a crowd crowdfunding yep. website. And the whole semester, you kind of build up this campaign and you launch it. And I'm just thinking like, I'll just make a better rubber band, you know? Right. And not only that, like I loved, so I love the minimalistic approach to the wall, but I also have always loved lifestyle brands. I've always been involved in action sports and love that side of fashion. So um, I thought, okay, if I can come up with, the better rubber band, but really bring the category to life with fun patterns and colors and things like that. I felt like, okay, that'd be a really fun project. So let's do it. Um, I launched it on Kickstarter and it was very slow moving. I mean, you can see how, how poorly I executed it was just go on Kickstarter and you get a good laugh uh, at our first campaign. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think like this would really go anywhere. I just, um, but I actually had this other idea i was into soccer and and i thought okay the same equipment i need to make this this wallet is the same machine i could use to make soccer socks and oh, no. where i could where i could print on soccer socks and sell like customized team socks you know and stance socks was was kind of up in their front you know like they're just real like a rocket ship during this time this is uh eight years ago yeah and um and i'm thinking i just do the same thing as stance but in the soccer world and so anyways, my buddy, business partner, uh, he donated 6,000 of his own dollars on Kickstarter to help fund the project so that we could collect the extra only $2,000 that came from legitimate backers, you know, right. but we did, we did that so we could get the equipment to then make these socks. Well, we start, we ordered socks. This is kind of the long story long, but we ordered socks from China. These just white socks, you know, performance socks that we would just sublimate onto um, and, and sublimation for those that don't know is a, as a uh, printing process where you can really put like pretty much any color you want, right. put your face on a face on the sock if you want. <laughs> um, and, and so we thought, okay, we'll order these socks. We ordered like the minimum was 500 pairs. And as we're waiting for these to be produced, I started noticing that these friends that I thought were just backing our Kickstarter project, just because they were friends, they actually used the wallets. And uh, I started asking, like, you know, do you actually like this thing? Like, because I was kind of embarrassed by it. And it's, just, you know, it's just a loop, right? I was just like, there's no way anybody could really like this thing. And, uh, and sure enough, they're like, dude, this is my favorite wallet I've ever had. Like, 
I like I could sell this all day, you know, like so I I talked to my buddy Romy and uh, I I told I told him I said, you know, we could enter the stance this the stance model of, of soccer socks and I think we could do it, but I think the bigger the bigger opportunity here is this wallet category. Nobody's focusing on it. It's it's just this like white space where we could go in and and own it. We can own the category in all the shops that we've ever wanted to be in. You know, every surf skate shop that we've dreamed about being in, we could we could be in there and we could be the stance socks of wallets in essence. And so uh, somehow convinced him to cancel the order in China, uh, which we actually ended up having to pay for. I think we had to pay like 50% and get zero socks. Oh, um, no. And at that time, you know, that was like thousands of dollars where that's yeah. like all you got. But he yeah. believed in it. I believed in it. So we, we just went forward with it. And um, kind of at the same time, I uh, so part of the second Kickstarter, I um, I was like, gluing and and stapling all of our prototypes and and so i remember thinking like i need it to find a seamstress i need to like legitimize our samples so we can have like you know just a better process and so i found this girl who had a sewing machine and she was sewing one of our prototypes and uh, she taught me how to sew and i was just at her house and she said you know i think i would make this i would add a key ring to this um i think that girls would really really like this and I thought this was definitely just a male dominated category. It was just right. a front pocket wallet. Like girls just had their purse. They had their clutch. They had, you know, like they didn't need this. And she's like, no, I actually like would use this as an alternative to a purse. And, wow. and instead of having to carry a purse around, I could just grab my keys with my wallet, my gym pass on it and, and off I go. Yeah. And so anyway, she, um, she said, here, let's try it. And so she grabbed one of her headbands off of her doorknob cut it up and sewed in a little loop in the, in the wallet. And then and we slipped a key ring on it. And, uh, later that day, I actually have this, this picture. I could send it to you if you guys want it for your show yeah. notes, but, um, it's a picture of me later that day at, in Costco with this wallet. And, uh, I took a picture and I sent it to her and I said, you were right. I love this thing. And it's me with like my keys on it. And, and I'm just like <laughs> loving, loving the functionality. And, um, so long story short, uh, I ended up getting married to this girl and, uh, <laughs> she, yeah! she's yes! my wife. Yeah. She's my wife and, and business partner, Mackenzie. And, um, so we get married and we take, uh, we actually, my last semester out in Hawaii, we, um, basically our honeymoon was six months long. It was amazing out in Hawaii. And, uh, we took out a thousand wallets before we had left. I, I made a thousand wallets with Romy, my buddy. And, uh, and we took them out there and I told her, I said, they were packed in this large suitcase. And I said, I'll, I will have sold every single one of these by the end of my semester. And she's like, all right, I, I don't believe it until I see it. And I was like, all right. So uh, you know how the story goes out in Hawaii. I have school, I have soccer. And the last thing I'm going to do is try to go sell wallets on the weekend when I can go surf, right? Like there's, right. No, there's no way that's going to happen. And so... Um, Fast forward November, I have one month left in the semester and I had sold zero wallets. <laughs> and she goes, and she bugs me and goes, Hey, uh, what about those wallets? Or what are we going to do with those? And I was like, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, we start. I, I find this little bundle of wood out in uh, right outside of our apartment. And it was this like right by a dumpster. There was, it was just this tiny little bundle of wood. And I was like, I'm going to make a little display out of this thing. And I didn't have any tools, zero tools. All I had was glue. 
And uh, somehow, some way, without having to cut any wood, I'll send the picture of this display. I'm so proud of this thing, dude. It's, <laughs> it's like, like the like the odds, like the stars just align. Like God, I think just like created this little bundle of wood for me to make this display. I took it out to uh, Surf and Sea out in Haleiwa, and um, I, I bring in this display, and I, I have all these wallets and. The buyer's there. Uh, that first off was just that never happens. The buyer's there, and she lays out all these wallets out on the counter, and uh, and she's kind of like trying to decide if she should take them in. And um, it was very not. It was not a legitimate process in which you normally would go. Right? Yeah. Like you normally have a rep. You normally you know, it's like it was not. It was not professional. But for whatever reason, she could see that the category needed some life into it. So she's debating and. I think she's on the fence. And so I just said, you know what, just take your time and uh, we'll just walk around the store and uh, in walks this girl and she grabs a bikini and, and throws it up on the counter to purchase and notices our wallets were scattered there and goes, Hey, what are these? And the, the buyer just says, um, these are literally exactly what the, what thread display said. It said, these are thread wallets, uh, a new kind of wallet. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like nailed it. Just absolutely nailed, nailed it. And, uh, and she goes, Oh, they're cute. Um, I'll take one. And she's like, actually, you know, what? I'm going to buy one for my husband too. Sold two right on the spot within five minutes of, of walking inside. And she, the, the customer walks out the door and goes, and the buyer goes, I'll take 20. And I was like, yes, you can't write a better story than that. Uh, promise. I did not pay for that girl to go in there. That, uh, that was legit. And so that was a very validating moment for me because to know that they could sell in retail without it, without hardly any education. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we went to these farmers markets, uh, long story short, Mackenzie was like a pro salesman. She, she ended up selling about 800 wallets in like three weeks. Oh my these farmers markets. It helped that we had, you know, wow. black Friday and, uh, and the holidays coming around the corner. Um, but you know, the fact that we could sell that many at a small local farmer's market yeah. was like the exact validation that Mackenzie and I needed to know that this is what we were going to do after school. And, oh, and man. so we had this, you know, fork in the road where I was graduating and um, I had an opportunity to play professional soccer. And then I, uh, my dad's a financial advisor and, and he wanted me to come on and, and be a, a financial advisor with him at his firm. And so I had some opportunities and uh, I actually remembered this was like one of these things where uh, I, I, when I asked my wife's dad, my father-in-law, if I could uh, marry my wife, um, he said, and, and just to give you a little background on him, this dude's like, he's five, five, uh, you know, kind of has a little, in my own mind had this like little dog syndrome, you know, and uh, <laughs> always gave me like this, like intimidation, like power stance, you know, and uh he sat me down in his living room right below it, one of his doll sheep that he'd killed, you know, that it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, he asked me, he's like, so what are you going to do for, to provide for Mackenzie and yourself and, and your family? And, uh, I said, I knew that question was coming. And I, and I said, I, I can't give you the clearest answer, but I can tell you that, um, I'll work my butt off and make sure I take care of her. And he said, well, just so you know, if you don't, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I, and I, I like started to chuckle just similar to you right there. And I, and I immediately noticed that he wasn't laughing. And so I quickly just like, you know, stopped smiling. Said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, 
so anyways, this, this has been on the back of my mind where, okay. And he's a financial advisor too. Um, and so, and so making this decision, this fork in the road was like so difficult because I was like, I need to have the security, right? Like, right. I, I want to make sure, but, but my heart, my passion was in creating and, and entrepreneurship. And so it was a hard decision. I remember feeling so stressed for these two weeks and I was like, you know what, let's just go for it. And so Mackenzie was fully on board. We said, let's give this six months of our, of our time. And if it starts to take off, we know our answer. If not, we'll reevaluate. And so it was the perfect time to jump in. Didn't have any kids. We were living with my in-laws. It was just, uh, so at this point we moved back to Utah and, uh, anyways, the rest of the story is history. We've, you know, fast forward through the, the last seven years, we've, you know, well into eight figures a year, oh um, my gosh. you know, 69 employees and, you know, we've expanded into bags and to all other accessories, tech accessories, and gotten into, you know, well into 1500 doors across the country. Um, and it's just been a dream come true, man. I, I can't even tell you, like, it's, uh, it has, hasn't been easy. Uh, it's been a, a toll on our, our marriage, on my own mental health. Um, you know, just all of it, but it's been so rewarding. And I, I, I'm so glad we made the decision to do it. Sorry. That was a, a major ramble. I, I freaking awesome. love that That's ramble. Awesome. And, and to think it started with that stinking rubber band from the broccoli, the still <laughs> staying right. there unbundled, man. <laughs> exactly. Probably your only regret was not getting that lifetime supply of socks. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Never have to buy socks ever again. I had like four lifetime supply of socks. <laughs> wear a new pair of socks every day. Well, you know, it, it's funny because I was looking over LinkedIn the other day, and because my association with you, I saw the COO from Thread, and he goes, "Look at these new BYU colors." Blah 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 blah. Well, my my daughter's going to go there next year, and 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 it's funny because there, there's a woman that I knew back in New York who's now the president over at UVU. It goes, "Can you do it in green?" <laughs> And so yeah. it's everywhere, man. Yeah. I'm digging it. I'm absolutely no, it's, digging it. It, dude, it's, it never gets old. I get pictures every day from friends across the country or traveling and they're like, thread in the wild or like, you know, I'm in the store. It's like, got your display. It's like, dude, it's just, it's a dream come true. I can't tell you. And anyway, I'm, I'm very humbled by what it's turned into and also very stressed about what it's going to, you know, the, what it's going to look like in the future. Not, I stress, maybe it's not the word I'm excited, but it's, uh, it's also like, it's not just Mackenzie and I anymore, you know, it's yeah. like we got 69 employees and it's, it's a legitimate business. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's, uh, definitely a lot of weight. And that's, that's a beauty of it. You could tell you're very adaptable to the different environments and you have to be. And just to know that you are very, uh, methodical about how that I'll give it six months. And so it's not as if you're throwing everything out there, you, you, you create options for yourself, which is fantastic. Love it. Yes. That yeah. is such a great point, dude. It's because entrepreneurs by nature are risk takers. Um, yeah. and so are action sport athletes, right? Like it's, it's kind of one in the same, but an action sport athlete can't progress if they don't know how to bail. Right. You know, yeah. like if, if a skater, yeah. a vert skater can't, slide on his knees on pads or you know like that dude's not going to progress and no. so learning to fail learning to fail quickly i call it having a shallow rock bottom um <laughs> you know and 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 just being able to like like you said adapt and evolve and yeah. and pivot and and see the needs to pivot that's all that's all really entrepreneurship is like 
you could start off on one idea like socks yeah. and completely, you know, pivot to something new, but that's, it's seeing an opportunity and, and taking advantage of it. And anyways, the, the humility is a major part of saying, okay, I, I didn't set up on the right foot or I was wrong. You know, it's okay to say that like, that's good. And, and being able to fail, yeah. uh, that's dude, that's like all part of it. It, yeah. like success is is so it's all just fell 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 and then eventually you just somehow find to succeed you know <laughs> that, and that's what i love about you when i was speaking with you over there at the outdoor retailer is that i i met a ton of ceos over there and some of them had a massive chip on the shoulder uh yeah. but uh you go over to you and it's like yo what's up and, and <laughs> so i mean my stoke meter is high and i thought if there's epitome of a leader that that knows what stoke and meter uh, are together <laughs> it, it is it is you man it is you uh, thanks, <laughs> I, I appreciate that i think we've definitely tried to bake in a lot of the uh the personality of, of my wife and i into the culture oh, yeah. um and then naturally we just have such an amazing team that um i think that one thing i've learned throughout it is like you just have these business principles that you have to live by. And for me, it was, there's more to life than work. Yeah. And, yep. and if work is at number one priority all of the time, you're likely not going to be a happy human. Uh, there is a lot of fulfillment, a lot of joy in work. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot more to life than work. And so being able to shift your priorities around and kind of find the little mixes of, of balance of like how, okay, at, now priority right now is family. Okay. Now it's golfing with my dad. I just got done golfing. Yeah. Now it's uh, skating with my buddies tonight, right? Like it's now I'm going to go ride the e-bike with my little girls. Like priorities can shift. And I think you, you like, it's okay that they shift and just knowing like how to find harmony with that dude. Yeah. That's like, that's how we've structured our culture. And yeah. to me, when our employees know that like, they're okay to roll in in the office at 11 o'clock and leave at three. If they, if that's what they need to do, as long as they're getting their stuff done and doing it well, like that's what we live by. And if they need to go do yoga midday or if they need to go, whatever, it's like, that's, that's it. You know, Gary, how, how much does this sound like the interview we had with Richie Norton? Oh, big time. Big oh, big time. time. And the ironic thing is another BYU Hawaii grad. There's some, there's something in the water well, over there, man. I can't, I can't take the credit, dude. I, uh, I, I rip pages out of Richie's playbook all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's you guys are two peas in a pod for sure, man. It's, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the level of excitement that you, you exude, it, it's, it's, it's the same thing that we felt, uh, from, from him, uh, it, unreal. Well, so I got, I'm going to do, you brought up the word pivot. I'm going to pivot a little bit too. Right and that is, you have this incredible business, incredible employees, incredible product. You're still on a rocket ship and such. But one thing that was very apparent with you was purpose and purpose that uh, really you're in it to make a difference uh, and improve lives. And in this case, it's not so much the monetary as a mental uh, aspect of it. And so I came across something on, on one of your profiles and it said that you are using action sports uh, through the carry on program to help kids and uh, mainly kids, right. Become more emotionally resilient, uh, mental health wise. Could you take us through what that is? Because we have, we have had many guests and Gary, how many, what percentage would you say have brought up mental health? Probably, probably 90% plus. Yeah. 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 And this is from incredibly successful. 
most oh. of your guests are action sport athletes, correct? No, no. We've had no. authors. We've had actors. Okay. We've had politicians. We've had, okay. you name it, man. We, and uh, mental health is at the cusp. So I want to see what, what you folks are doing because this looks fascinating, man. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks, man. I, uh, it took me a while to finally land on where I needed to like focus my resources to yeah. really drive impact. Because for the longest time, it's like we live and die by this principle, my wife and I, uh, and, and you probably do too, but like this quote of where much is given, much is required. Yep. Uh, or like similar to the Spider-Man quote, like where you were much like power is given, you know, like I don't care yeah. quote it. I don't yeah. Man, but like, yeah. There's a lot of responsibility with that power and with that, uh, that all that you've given. So we've always had that mentality of give where we, where we can. And so we, throughout the years, like with Thread, starting Thread, that was always at the forefront. You know, we wanted to just give back. And there's, there's so many organizations out there. And, and we, we like whenever, whether it's like a hurricane hits and we send out some money or, or donate product here and there or whatever we can do to, you know, beach cleanups, those types of things. But what we really knew was like, if we have to pick our lane, we have to really focus our efforts to drive the impact that we're passionate about. So I, you know, I've growing up, I wouldn't say I dealt with much mental health issues. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like I was always just a happy kid. It's pretty mm -hmm. like ignorance is bliss type of deal. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my, my mom, you know, is an alcoholic, my has been an alcoholic my whole life. And so with that, you know, as a kid comes just like some weird stress that you don't realize you're taking on and you don't, you don't even really know where it's coming from. You can kind of just feel it. And, uh, and then as you get older, you start to realize like, this is why, and this is what was happening. This is why my parents got divorced. Like you just become more aware. And with that, you get more stressed. And, and for me, I took on like a very severe anxiety from not just that, but just all everything kind of colliding with, um, just trying to start a business with, uh, just my, what life throws at you. Uh, my, like, like I said, my mom's roller coaster of, of her addiction has always affected me. Um, and so I've dealt with ADHD. Um, my uncle ended up committing suicide, uh, and from very severe OCD. And that's actually what triggered my mom's addiction to alcohol and pain, pain killers. And, um, and then actually like within the last five years, my dad got hooked on alcohol, um, never saw him as an addict. He just mm -hmm. somehow fell into a midlife crisis happened and all this collided like 2020 happened. And, um, you know, I started talking to my sisters and just like, they've dealt with their own stuff, eating disorders and addictions and you name it. Every, I feel like every, if you ask anyone, whether if they've dealt with something like in, in that realm, whether it's them personally or indirectly dude, it's everyone at yeah. four, you know, 100% yeah. of people have dealt with mental health issues indirectly or directly. And so, and I, and, I, and to really define what mental health is, it's not, a me, it's not like you have to have a mental health issue to have to be focused on your mental health. Right. Just as, this is like, you don't have a, have to have a physical injury or physical issue to be focused on your physical health. It's right. mental health is for everyone. And so, as I kind of came around these principles and, and obviously, you know, had these discussions like you guys have had, it became apparent that this is exactly where I needed to give back. Um, it kind of came down to like, my mom was homeless in Salt Lake city. She, I was taking her to this hospital and she was just covered in her own uh, vomit and 
she had broken ribs. She was passing a oh. kidney stone. Her face was bruised. Her arm was oh. completely dis, uh, not dislocated, completely detached from her elbow. And oh. uh, it was just the gnarliest moment that I, I, I just like broke down. And I was like, I need to see a therapist and I need to be able to face these traumas on. So I finally saw a therapist. I got on some anxiety medication, which has just completely changed my world. And um, anyways, I also noticed during this time, we, we built this mini ramp in our office and I, I was skating it like every single night, like for hours on end, I would just call up buddies and we just literally till like one, two in the morning, we'd skate till like midnight and then just talk for hours about just life. And, you know, anyways, what I came to realize was I was finding mental health. Obviously the clinical side of mental health mm -hmm. um, was necessary, but my own joy was through action sports and through the community that action sports provides. And so I started to like, it all kind of hit. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to do. And, um, the stars align once again, our, our, at thread, our campaign slogan at the time was carry on. And it referenced the carry accessories that we sell. And it also our the narrative we took was like progression. You know, how do you push through? How do you land the new trick? How do you get yeah. through with one of our ambassadors her she's a skateboarder and her face got ripped off by a pit bull um Whoa. and so she had to deal with this like trauma of not she's a beautiful girl and and her whole face was ripped off and so she had to go through surgeries she currently doesn't have a lip you know and we told that story and it was just empowering where i was like this this narrative is so like re it resonates with me it resonates with so many people this narrative of carry on, it's always relevant. It's an eternal principle. Um, this is what I need. To, this is exactly what Thread needs to stand for. Yeah. And so as we dove into that narrative more and more and more, I, I thought, let's put our money where our mouth is and let's start a nonprofit. So we started six months ago. We decided we we're going to start the Carry On Foundation, which is a nonprofit that uh, focuses on teaching mental skills to mainly youth uh, mental skills that help them carry on. Uh, whether that's now or whether that's in 20 years when, you know, what, what something happens in their life, they lose a loved one. It's like, okay, I know this pain. I know how I have resilience. I have, know how to overcome anxieties. I know how to overcome fears. Like it's all new. It's not new to me. Like I, I've developed these characteristics. So that's our goal. We want to prepare the rising generation uh, with the mental skills to, and tools to know how to carry on. And that's, and so I guess where we're at now is we've built an indoor skate park here in Utah. And we've been coaching about 50, 55 kids um, the past four months. And uh, we just launched our first summer camp. It went really well this past week. And uh, it, it's just awesome, dude. It's, it's really like exactly where I want to spend the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. Gary, I mean, how amped are you right now on this uh, one, man? Yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I, <laughs> the, the cool thing is like, okay, I'm in healthcare and – I don't know why, you know, we always talk about, we always get technical, you know, like primary care, tertiary care, all this, blah, yeah. blah, blah. You just said it in such a way that makes so much sense is that mental health is just like our normal health. Like mm -hmm. we needed, it's not, we shouldn't be looking at it when it's broken. We shouldn't be looking at it when we're dragging ourselves across the floor. We need to be looking at it now. Yeah. And especially yeah. like with these youth. Holy crap, man. That is so freaking cool that you're, you're, you're yeah. giving him tools. Cause you know, like you said, you hit a point in your life where you said, I need some, I need some therapy. Yeah. And yeah. basically I look at therapy is 
it allows people to get out of their own head by giving them tools to handle yeah. not only what's happening now, but what's happening later on. And so, yeah. And then when you, then when you combine that with something like skateboarding, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. And on top of that, Colby, what I appreciate is your, your, I, I've, I've alluded to this before in, in times past is, is vulnerability, right? You're, it allows us to be vulnerable, but at the same time, when those kids see you and go, listen, man, I went through some therapy too, bro. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it helped me. So instead of making it taboo, you normalize it and you make it like, yeah, man, I do have a problem. I guess I better go get that checked out. It's all good. Uh, and you've taken that taboo out of that. And for a kid, that's a hard thing to take, right? I mean, I have a, I have a few teenage kids and it's like, man, I'm tough. I'm tough. I, you, you, you're putting on that face. You're putting at that facade. And yeah. yet here you are, you, you are obviously uh, an incredibly successful uh, in, in every endeavor. And you allow yourself to be vulnerable in such a way that they see it is not a vulnerability. They realize, and if I want to progress, that's what, what it is that I got to do. Uh, whether that be skidding, skidding on, on your knees uh, in the skate or what have you, that's how you learn. And you're making yeah. it a safe environment to learn, man. I appreciate that. Dude, I, I agree. You said something there that like really kind of hit me with um, like humility is a prerequisite for progression. I think mm-hmm. um, there they're like the best of the best. And, and, the, and even if they're super cocky and prideful, it took them, it took them some slams, you know what I mean? Yeah. It took them a lot of failures and a lot of humility to say, okay, that's not the right way. I got to choose the, this way. Right. Like it takes, it's very humbling to progress, but it it's also takes humility to progress. Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was uh, that's power. That's powerful, dude. That no, that is amazing. And matter of fact, I think I know the title of your, your podcast. <laughs> you yeah, go. when you said that humility is a prerequisite to success, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I could it, not. And, everyone, and then everybody. on the flip side of the coin, uh, pride precedes the fall, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what you did there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and one thing you said, so we were, you know, we were talking about the prevalence of mental health and, and you made a comment that you, you said, wait a minute, it, is, is your demographic action sports people? Cause we used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm kind of guessing that you were probably going to say something and if I'm wrong, correct me, but it also seems like people who tend to gravitate towards action sports and excitement and that type of stuff, kind of your, you know, they call them the, the adrenaline sports. Yeah. Also seem to have, a prevalence to having mental health issues a lot of times mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I mean, when, they're, when they're not getting that i don't know if you see that or not 100 percent, dude i it's uh it definitely has affected our community even when you th- even when you run into the most happiest people right like you yeah you look at them and you go dude they just got it made like they they figured something out right those guys inside are dealing with like a level of depression sometimes you know and some of you know we've in the skate community have lost some very well-known pros to suicide and and it's dude it's it's very prevalent i think like i said if you were to ask anybody um how if they've been affected by mental health issue directly or indirectly they would say 100 you know um whether that's friends family or otherwise like it's 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 i 
I think what you also were mentioning is that there is a stigma around it from past generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just golfing with my dad, we started talking about it and it's, um, there is kind of this like trained mentality in the right, in the older generation to just rub some dirt in it and to yeah. not talk about the emotions, to not be vulnerable, to hide weaknesses and to those types of things. And, and actually that, that watching my dad do that, and hot and kind of sweep his feelings under the rug for so long. Yeah. I believe is actually what kind of like built up and then sparked this like midlife crisis to like kind of find some sort of release. And it's like, yeah. cause he didn't at that point, like we we're all kind of out of the house. We're all well and good. And so he like lets his guard down and it's like, okay, I don't need to be this like rock anymore. I can kind of let my, you know, so then it just like collapses. Yeah. I, I, I mean, so many, so many people, you know, old and young, are faced with, with, uh, these types of mental health issues or just mental health in general. Um, and if you're, if you haven't, then you likely will. And so to know how to approach that, how to have an open dialogue around it, that's so crucial to even like put a name to it. Right. Like I felt like stomach aches. I dealt with these like knots in my stomach for 12 years. And, uh, and I finally, finally was able to diagnose it to stress and anxiety. Wow. And I told my dad, I was like, I think I have anxiety. He's like, yeah, you, he's like, I've had anxiety. I've been on anxiety medication for 20 years. I was like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Like, what? I've been like trying to figure this out, you know? And it's just like, it's, it needs to be more of a discussion and it's not weird. It's not, it's not abnormal to go to therapy. It's like, dude, everyone could use therapy. It's not like you have to be broken to be, yeah. to see a therapist therapy really what I learned is like it just helps you understand your own brain and then how to navigate your brain to become a better person like yeah. that's it yeah. and who, who doesn't want to do that right oh 100 you just reminded me of someone else we interviewed a guy named Scott Miller he's uh I don't know if you ever met Scott he's he was the uh leader of thought leadership at Franklin Covey at one time and he said that he was he's a massive stutterer you would never know that in in interviewing him but he said he said that unless we embrace our vulnerabilities, people can weaponize them against you. And it was so like, whoa, man, because when you talk about those vulnerabilities, then you have this community of strength to support where you might be weak. And if you're hiding that, you don't know where the help is, uh, where the, whatever it might be, physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, whatever it might be. It just yeah. nailed me like a hammer, man. <laughs> you, know, the, you were talking about, you know, going back to kind of mental health and action sports and stuff like that. Uh, first of all, my, my dad was a, a physician mm-hmm. and I, I had problems with depression, you know, at different times and he had no clue what to do because yeah. that's, you know, even as a, as a healthcare provider, he had no idea but I, I remember, you know, as I got older, one, one of the um, tragic events that really kind of affected me, I don't know, and I wasn't even that really much into BMX, was Dave Mira. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember him or not, but yeah. someone yeah. who just the happiest, go lucky, you know, amazing person, and all of a sudden, you know, it just rocked the world, you know what I mean? But I, I, I so appreciate that people are willing to talk about it now that people, you know, just you telling your story right now and getting it out, it has such a positive effect on, on this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. you couple that with what you're doing with your program. Yeah. I mean that, and, and those kids, they're going to become parents. 
Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. I dude, that's one thing I've come to realize too, is like, if you're not taking care of it now, it can hit you. And then when you're raising your kids, it's affecting them. Like, yeah. like my, yeah, my dad's anxiety could affect the way that he treats me or how he raised me. Right. And it can be a number of things, but I'm just using mine as an example, but like I watch these parents and it's like, first and foremost, we as adults need to get our stuff figured out yeah, and, and then we can help our kids and, and then we can raise them in, in the, in a proper way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say one of the most important things about being a parent is showing up. Mm-hmm. And if you're either physically, mentally, or whatever, emotionally broken, you can't show up. And I think you live that in your life. Yeah. To well, you, you, yeah. Can, you, you can see that just when you were, when you were talking with your wife over at OR, man, it was like, those guys are like, Boom! They're 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 in it, but they the open dialogue. It was so, it was so raw. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, my wife, she is something else, dude. She's I'm not. It's like sometimes the more you get to know people, you you actually like lose respect for them. You kind of like see them in like a different light. Right, right. I've we've been married eight years, but the more I get to know my wife, the more in awe I am, dude. It's it's just crazy. Like, yeah like she comes with her weaknesses and so do I, but like, you're right. I mean, we are far from perfect. We'll have blow up our, I've been slapped by my wife, like plenty of times. It's okay. You know? <laughs> but, but dude, she's amazing. And, and it takes the, the refiner's fire. And, and like you, I think one of you, I can't remember who was saying it, but just acknowledging your weaknesses and acknowledging your vulnerabilities is yeah. step number one yeah. into knowing how to change that. Right. Or yeah. to, to not get taken advantage of or to whatever. Right. Like uh, the best, the best people in anything, right? Like let's say Stephen Curry, because he's uh, pretty relevant right now. Yes. Um, he knows that he just doesn't dunk, right? He's not a dunker. Yeah. He's he, <laughs> like, that's okay. But that dude should <laughs> freeze for like times 10 on everybody. So he knows where he's strong and he doubled down on it. It's like, so whatever. I think that like, no, understand first step in being strong is understanding your weaknesses. Yeah. Oh man. And sometimes I'm realizing that they're not going to go anywhere no. and that's okay too. You know what yes. I mean? Totally. <laughs> that's all right. Agreed. Agreed. This, man, I'm telling you right now, Kobe, this, this could go on and on and on and on. And I, I'm just looking at you. <laughs> you mentioned that your, your friend and a representative that was bitten in such I just see other things like this and I'm hoping that we can do more shows with you because it's obvious that not only you're a company of Stoke, but you're a culture of Stoke. And uh, as as dorky as that might sound, that's something that just not only gets me amped, but in, in a funny kind of way, it gives me hope because I know that you guys aren't perfect. And it's, it's, it's something that you acknowledge and that you make each other better every day. So I hope that's something you consider, man. <laughs> it's all about progression, dude. That's it. Carry on. That's the narrative. Amen, that, man. <laughs> carry on. That's it. Like, and there, dude, sometimes it takes, you got to take 20 steps back before you can really push forward. But that's all part of it, dude. Sometimes you got to be put on your ass, I guess, so to speak, to like really yeah. be humble to say, okay, all right. <laughs> now, I, now I know what not to do now i can proceed and, and really progress but that's life right oh my gosh dude you are a freaking rock star 
That's all. <laughs> yeah. be it, you know what? If, if I could have had a boss like you when I first started out, I'd still be at whatever company I started at. <laughs> sure. Thanks, dude. I'm still learning. I'm young. I'm young. But like I said, I, uh, I can't take credit for a lot of these things because I took a lot of pages out of um, Jeff Curl's playbook at mm-hmm. Stance. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, there's been a lot of people, John Wilson, a lot of people came before me, David Smith at Codapaxi. These guys are amazing leaders and they're much older. They've, they're wiser. I think um, one, one quote that stuck with me at an early age was a smart man will learn from his mistakes, but a wise man will learn from others mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I've tried to just take that approach and, and like being wise and knowing when, like who to follow, right? Yeah. Like knowing, knowing that these guys did it, they did it right. And I don't really understand the reasons completely why yet. But I'm going to I'm going to follow them and trust that it's going to work out. You are awesome, man. I can't thank you enough for the time. And uh, please stay on a minute. Uh, I want to talk to you just just post show. But thank you for making the time. Uh, It's it's been fun, even though you switched it to Pacific time. But uh, (laughs) my bad. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you guys, dude. Thank you.